Hey everyone, this is Mike Andes, and you're listening to episode 149 of the Business Bootcamp Podcast. Today I'm doing something a little bit different, and if you aren't into long-form audio and long interview calls, you might want to just check off and go wait for next week's episode. Uh, Today's going to be a little bit longer of an episode. Essentially, it was a call that I did uh, from my business. I do landscapebusinesscourse.com, and we're going to talk to a Marine, a former Marine that came back last year and is wanting to start a landscaping business. Before we get started, a big thank you to today's sponsor for the episode, which is FreshBooks. Go to freshbooks.com slash bootcamp. And the reason is, is because you got to get organized. And the reason I I wanted to share this one today with you is because just, uh, let me think, today today is Saturday. I'm I'm recording this one a little bit later. And on Friday, yeah, yesterday, I had my tax appointment, like my personal income tax to do my uh, tax return. And so I had all the papers from like Augusta Lawn Care and the podcast book, like all the things I had to bring in, like a whole bunch of paperwork. And but I've digitalized it all, put it all onto my, you know, keeping it all like pretty much all my paperwork was like eight pages, and and the rest is all digital and is is summarized in the graphs and you know things like that. And so, and the guy next to me, he he was going with one of the other accountants at the place that I I, I use, and he obviously didn't use a system like FreshBooks because he had an entire binder of paperwork that he had like all his expenses, he had receipts, he had like receipts literally from every single purchase from his business and he looked so overwhelmed and so I, I was just talking to him in, in in the lobby and it was funny, I was like, like why, like I asked him like what, what what's his system for keeping traffic, track of expenses and, and, and payments and making sure that he gets paid and he literally said he still just uses Microsoft Word and he has check boxes that he marks when things are paid and he keeps tally of those and does like a bank ledger thing. And so that'll work, you know, 20 years ago. But I think I think FreshBooks is the solution to that. And so do check it out, freshbooks.com slash bootcamp. Especially as we head into tax season, it's important. And I think it just sort of makes you more aware of how organized you are with your expenses and with your payments and all of that. So if you had trouble with that, if you don't have a CRM, if you don't even know what a CRM is, check out businessbootcamppodcast.com, go to our sponsor page, or just go to freshbooks.com slash bootcamp. Now let's get on with the episode. I'm going to be talking with Eric today. Like I said, it's a little bit longer of an episode. He just came back from the Marines. He'll tell a little bit of his story and then we dive really deep into the industry of lawn care and landscaping. Usually these calls that are this long, I don't put on this podcast. I usually put on landscapebusinesscourse.com podcast, Uh, but I did want to share this one today. I thought it was interesting, his story and some of the things we talk about, even about getting your spouse on board with you for the first couple years of your business as it's growing and you know cash flow is, is hard to come by and things can get a little difficult and so just making sure that you have everyone on the same page on board and working towards the same goals so here we go with eric if you want to listen to it in two times or 1.5 to get it a little faster because we talk a little bit slow or go through some more laborious stuff feel free to do so and again next week we'll i'm going to do something a little more tactical kind of nuts and bolts of to do's and how to's for your business but i wanted to share this one with you today i hope you enjoy it here we go yeah so i um i was in the military i was with the marine corps stationed in hawaii for the past four years mm-hmm. and got out in august uh came back here to omaha nebraska and even while i was in the marine corps i wanted to come back and uh start a 
a landscaping business, uh, something I've always wanted to do. So it's not just something that, you know, out of nowhere came up. Um, so yeah, I got back here and just started right away with a landscaping company. Like I got back Saturday, I flew in and that Monday (laughs) I had, uh, I was, I showed up at 7am and started working for a, a company here and it was basically just, I wanted to see the inside workings of a landscape business and, um, just learn as much as I could. Cause I knew getting back in mid August, there was, you know, a short season, mm-hmm. um, seasons usually over here, um, mid November to end November. And so, um, just wanted to cram as much knowledge and, um, training as I could possibly get. Cause I knew I wanted to start up on this spring. So did that, did quite a few side jobs. Um, I'm pretty lucky. My wife's parents, she, they're from Omaha and, uh, they're pretty well connected, which I think is going to be a huge benefit, um, going forward. And it was a huge benefit this fall. It enabled me to get a lot of side jobs and, um, kind of begin that creating that client base and start networking a little bit to, um, get my name out there and, so that really helped out, but, but yeah, just been, um, basically just trying to get as much information and getting everything set up, mm-hmm. um, this winter. And so you still working for that other landscaping company then right now? No, they actually, uh, the guy that owned it, he, uh, he let everybody go. It was like December 1st. Um, we had a pretty, uh, mild winter um, or a slow start to winter here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so everybody was around till um, December 1st, and he actually met with me. He wanted to speak with me. He has two full-time supervisors, um, really good dudes. And one of them was like, hey, he's going to – Matt's his name, the boss or the owner of this company. And he's like, hey, he's going to want to talk to you about uh, putting you on full-time and uh, just because he's been really impressed with your work. And, I mean, and that was one thing I noticed right away. And I guess it was a real shock to me is to uh, to see the work ethic of um, a lot of younger, well, even younger, older, doesn't matter, just people in this industry, yeah. they get jobs, they, they seem to uh, feel entitled to um, do whatever they want and uh, just terrible work ethic and, you know, yeah. unprofessional, just don't, just that attitude if they don't care, they just they want to get a paycheck for a few weeks and then they won't show up and then they'll be back. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so basically, yeah, he offered me a job, a full-time, um, position. And, uh, I told him that, you know, I was just honest with him. I was like, look, Matt, you know, I, I appreciate the offer, but, um, you know, this is a goal of mine has always been to start my own, my own business. And, um, you know, I, told him I appreciate the opportunity but I had to go on my own so so yeah okay so 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 you're not working for him then right now you're just you're just kind of getting ready for the spring yep yep okay. so when do you guys start mowing or like like when's the growing season kind of start there uh around like April 1st I know a lot of guys start like uh spring cleanups and um dropping pre-emergent and stuff um you know mid-march to late march mm-hmm. so um probably in the next month is when guys get 
get going here. So. So what's kind of your your strategy um, to get clients going like for the spring, like going into April? What's like in the like in March? What are you plan, kind of planning on doing? Do you have that already right. in place? Right. So like right now, I'm sitting by my computer trying to build a website, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm not the most tech savvy person, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, but like I said, my wife's parents, they're pretty well connected. Yeah. Um, they, they live in like a middle-class neighborhood and that's the one thing about Omaha. Um, it's growing and there's a lot of like out in West Omaha, there's a lot of, um, good middle income, upper middle income mm-hmm. neighborhoods. And, um, so I, I think I have a huge advantage with, uh, my parents and their network and just being doing those side jobs this spring mm-hmm. or last fall um, really helped kind of, I guess, create, I mean, I've only got like five or six people right now yeah. um, that say, hey, we want you to provide us services this next um, year. So, so I'm really small right now, but I know just talking with people, I guess they say, you know, if you do it right, you, you can build up a clientele pretty quick. So, mm-hmm. Do you have, do you have a, like, or do you have any dependents or like, do you have big expenses at all? Like a house or anything like that? Well, yeah, that's, my wife and I just bought a house two months ago. Okay. Um, she's got a really good job. Okay. She, uh, um, yeah, so I'm really fortunate that she works full time, our okay. health insurance, everything, um, you know, that's taken care of. We, um, just to talk some numbers, like we came out of the military and I, I knew I wanted to, um, start this landscaping business i knew we need some money and um down payment on a house and everything but we saved up quite a bit of money so we've got about um 60 grand stashed away uh, but 20 of that's in um, some investments that i really don't want to touch and then um i just and this might have been kind of stupid but i bought a truck Mm -hmm. um because i hadn't had a car um my dad sold me his old Chevy Silverado, but it's got like 220000 That's yeah. what I use this fall. Yeah. Uh, I bought that from him for 2500 but I just bought a truck for uh, twenty eight grand. financed the whole thing. It's a Dodge three-quarter ton. Um, yeah. I, I might be kicking myself for that one, but um, I wanted something reliable, and I guess mm-hmm. and that's another question is just, you know, equipment. I just talking with some different people, they always suggest, you know, when it comes to equipment, like, it's all right if it's used, but make sure it's, you know, quality used. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, like, yeah, 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 so, like, first, like, I'll, just, I'll, I'll address that one right now. So, like, first of all, it's really nice that your, your wife has the job and you have a little bit of a safety net because even that first year um, as you grow, like, straight up and honest is you rarely will make a dollar in that time you because all the money is going back into the business you, you you're gonna make profit but you're usually gonna put it back in equipment and you'll grow in the right. business year right. t- year two is where you're gonna see really good growth and you'll start you know you'll be able to hire someone things like that then year three that's when like you can expect to be able to take a really good salary um and so like that's that, that that's sort of the framework we use in the course but as far as like your equipment like i think just like what you emailed me um, even too, your head's in the right place. And that is, I would worry less about equipment and worry less worry about website and all of that. And I'd focus 100% on sales. And so 
like and and the, the business structure and how you are creating the the business model and not so much like in our industry like you talked about the employees being a certain way the same thing goes for like business owners everyone's like what kind of mower do you have what kind of truck do you have like all this stuff and when people start talking about that i'm just like like it, it's not what brings money to the bottom line and not what help you grow. Like obviously you got to maintain your equipment. You got to have good equipment. You got to have good trucks and that's all important. But I'm, I get way more inspired, like way more enthusiastic about like, how are you hiring people? How are you training them? How are you getting, um, you know, how are you scaling the business? And you know, equipment will never scale the business for you. It's essentially just, you have to have it in order to fulfill the sales that you've promised customers and so um that's the first thing i would say and so but you mentioned that in your your uh the administrative side of it you already mentioned that in your email so i think your head's in the right place as far as the business aspect is so much more important and i think a lot of the problems with in our industry is people get like romance uh, romanticized about like the equipment and you know their truck and their logo and their website and it's like wait a second like is this all driving sales and so I think that that's that's the reason like the first question I asked you is you know what are you, what's your sales plan like how are you gonna get started is because that is like I didn't ask you know what type of equipment right up front or anything like what type of truck because really when it comes down to it that stuff will take care of itself if you have the sales to back it up like if you have a, if you get a hundred thousand in sales this first year you know that that that's the, you know the twenty eight thousand dollar truck will kind of take care of itself. Um, that being said, like your first year, I'd if I was you, I would be happy with anything over thirty thousand in sales. Um, if you're going full time right off the bat, I think you could easily do fifty thousand. But like as far as like people who've done the course and like people I've worked with, thirty thousand is what people usually do if they're doing kind of like part time, you know, thirty forty hours a week on the side. Um, so I think I think if you're a hundred percent committed and it's nice that you kind of have your wife to cover basic expenses, uh, her job, then I think you could easily do fifty. Um, and usually, year two is when you see your big growth. So you'll jump up to almost two hundred thousand uh, that second year. And so you're kind of like you're probably thinking like, how does he get these numbers? It just like just from the people I've worked with, I've done this a lot. And so those are kind of the things. If people follow the business model, and if they follow, if if they have a really clear vision of the business, and don't worry about so much like all the other little stuff like equipment and all this stuff, and they focus on creating the systems and scaling it, you can scale it really quickly. And so a lot of times the problem is people get really discouraged after the first year. So, um, I, I know I didn't put on the podcast, but like, um, there was someone I called the other day and they, uh, he was, he was just finished his first year and he, he did like 26 or 27,000 the first year. And so he was just really discouraged. Um, but literally within the past two or three weeks that he's been working on his marketing, he's almost doubled how many lawn clients he has in his second year. So like your second year is when you'll really see traction. Cause you, you'll get to know a lot of like how to sell and how to pitch to customers and all of that. And like, even in, in your email, you talked about like maybe not knowing some of the, the things about, you know, certain t- types of uh, softscapes or hardscapes. Like that's another thing. Like I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, you know, enough as far as just working in the field to be confident in those things. And, and don't, don't, don't feel at first that you need to, you know, do hardscaping and patios and fences. Like, don't worry about that. I'd go for a recurring revenue. So I'd be going, if I was you, I'd be going after the, the low hanging fruit, which is people who want their, their lawn mowed every week. And it's nice for you too, because you get, 
income on a steady basis. You know how much money you're you're making on a on a every single week, and it's right. it's a little bit less hit and miss. Like my cousin, for instance, he lives in Ohio. Um, he does only hardscaping because he he went to school for design in landscape yeah. architecture, and so he'll get like a twenty thousand dollar job, but then not make another sale for another two months, right? And so that's just not sustainable. It's not scalable. And so what I really push people to do is that first year, don't focus on the hard, like the hardscaping stuff, it'll come to you. And like the tree trimming, it'll come to you. The cleanup, they'll come to you. I focus on that first year, recurring revenue, making sure you get as many clients. Like I'd be shooting, for, if I was you, I'd be shooting for 30 clients first year that you get on weekly or bi-weekly schedule. And so, so go ahead. So you think like 30 would be a good number? That'd be a good number. So I hit I hit 28 in my first year. Um, and that was, I was kind of working part-time because I, I was doing a fitness trainer my first year to cover my living expenses. But like right. if you're going full-time, I think you can easily hit that 30 marker. And if you have, if your parents are connected, you already have five or six people. Like there's little things like you can do. Like it really comes down to how much, you know, money and time you want to put into this. Like cold calling is not dead. It still works in our industry. Um, like if you want to go knock on doors, those are the, the cheap ways of doing things. Then you, know, you you could do mailers, you can do postcards, you can do door hangers. Like it all gets, comes down to one thing. And that is like, how much work are you willing to put in? And what I would do if I were you, my biggest regret, Eric, that first year was in March, not putting enough time and effort into it because I was, because that's, especially when it comes to mowing, it's that one month, one or you know, four to six weeks where you got to put like all of your marketing dollars and energy and just work like crazy, knocking on doors, doing every like grinding, and then you'll get the benefits the rest of the year. The last thing you want is in like June, July. This is what happened to me in my first year. I was like, man, I'm doing good, but like, I, what, uh, what, how much more I could be doing if I would have really grinded those four to six weeks in March? Yeah. And, and so like even right now, our company – Everyone, even though there's not a whole lot of work that we're doing as far as because right now, right now we're covered in two feet of snow, but like yeah. we're still like 100% marketing because we know like the next four to six weeks are super important. So we're doing like we're making these packets for because now we're we're, not, we're going into our fourth year. And so we're doing now focusing on things like commercial and big install jobs because it just right. evolved. Um, and so now like we're making these business introduction packets for property management companies and for commercial properties. And so we're going to be like today I made a video, um, for a property management company. They want to sign almost $200,000 worth of work to us. And so like, that's, that's just growing the company and scaling it up. But the thing is, it all comes back to like that one vid that, 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 like the video I made the day that, that, um, that lead came from us taking cookies and these informational packets to, probably 40 different commercial clients, potential right. clients. And they're the only people that got back to us. Like we yeah, probably remember you in, in one of your podcasts that that was a, a marketing technique that you were going to try. So yeah. And, and I haven't like, I originally, like if you had talked to me a week ago, I would have said, man, that would, that was kind of disappointing. Um, because we didn't get a whole lot of feedback, but then literally a few days ago we get this call the, the CEO flew in and wanted to meet with me and he said, hey, like we've tried to do this in-house. We've tried to have six or seven different vendors and we'd really like to just give you all the business. And so like th those things will come up 
in the future. And the thing is, it's all about being patient. Like that first year, like I can guarantee you, if, if you call me in 11 months from now, you're going to be kind of second guessing yourself. You're going to be kind of like, I don't know if, you know, it was a bit, the winter is really sparse that first year because you're not doing snow removal. You don't have a lot of 12 month contracts that are commercial. And so it can get a little bit tough, you know, December, January. And, right. and so, but if you go into it like long term, and that's why like for the instance, the course, it's a three year program because and they give people steps for three years because that first year, like I can give everyone plenty of help on starting up, but it, it takes a lot of guts to get through second, that first, second and third year. And then you kind of start to see the results. And so, um, like as far as I'm just kind of looking through some of your, the stuff you wrote down here, but like the biggest thing I would say is, is I wouldn't worry so much about what you don't know. Like be really honest with clients. If you tell someone that you don't know something, it means that if you, what you do tell them, you do like they're gonna say they know that you know they that, know. right? And so be open and honest with people. Like my first year, I had no idea what I was doing on some stuff like tree trimming. I didn't know what primary, tertiary, like like I didn't know types of plants. I didn't know the difference between like a rhododendron and a high hydrangea, and like I didn't know times of year. So I would just tell them that. Obviously, if I think I could research it, I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna you know say I can do the job and then go figure it out. Like there's a whole lot you can learn online. Um, but like you, you probably have the skills to do a lot of like 90% of the work. And that is, you know, mowing lawns, cleaning out beds, more of the labor end of things. And, and really honestly, Eric, like we're going back to those roots as, uh, as far as our business. So we kind of started to get into installing excavation. And then I'm kind of pulling back from that because I'm finding out it's harder to scale that it's harder to find because you're depending on skills of people and those people are going to cost more. Um, once they leave, it's harder to fill their spot. And so we're really trying to create a scalable business that can do, you know, go, grow really big. And in order to do that, we're trying to make it where we can train people that don't have a huge amount of skill. And so it's not a bad thing. Um, and if the thing too is honestly, we're trying to do this too now is find subcontractors. Like if people want me to do a $50,000 landscape, great. I'm going to sub out 90% of it and just make 20% net profit and not do any of the work i'll just oversee it and people are okay with that you, like I, we tell people that we mark it up 25 percent, but they're okay because they realize that they don't have to meet with all the contractors for the fencing and for the deck and for you know the pond and the irrigation and so you can like literally i've met contractors that have switched out of landscaping into literally just contracting where they go out they find the jobs and then they contract it out so i wouldn't worry about the stuff you don't know just take what you do know and just you know build the business around that, and 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 really what it's going to come down to, like I said, is sales. And so like the next four to six weeks, I'd get if I was you, I'd really get focused on what your plan is, what your numbers you want to hit, how you're going to do that, whether it be a fair or um, door to door, or cold calling, or business cards, and or asking for referrals from those five or six people, or you know making connections, walking to businesses, asking you know like property management companies. By the way, like like. If you're trying to go after commercial jobs, it's actually the property management companies you're going after. It's not like the businesses. Like if you right. just walk into businesses, they're gonna be they're gonna be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And so, so like little things like that. Um, and literally, it's 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 amazing because like this one contract, like we just kind of stumbled in today. It's a huge opportunity. It just got to be patient for those. Like those aren't gonna come around the first couple years. Um, right. the the, the, the kind of like, something that kind of hits you in the face. You're like, oh my word, this is amazing. Um, but, but if you build the business from the beginning, like you're scaling it up for a million dollar company, 
that's what's going to be successful. Like the problem is, and this is what's so hard for a lot of people that start the course, for instance, they're like, well, I don't need to do this or have this like hiring system or focus on my system for how I schedule and route like jobs. Like I don't need to focus on that because right now it's just me or maybe one other guy. And the problem with that is eventually you've got then switch your business from like little guy to big guy. And it's just so much better if you build it right from the foundation correctly. And like right from the get go, you have the systems in place, you have the training in place. Like you like right from when I started my company, Eric, like I was thinking, okay, how am I going to train my guys to do exactly what I'm doing? How am I going to make this repeatable? How is this like thinking constantly? How do I hire people for the position that I'm doing right now? And, and I think, I think that's what makes, has made it so scalable. And that's what I really suggest you do is like, don't be thinking about this. Like, Oh, if I can make 30 or 50 grand this year, thinking like down the road, like in three years, I want to be making a million. What, what, and then you'll change how you totally think you'll start thinking like in terms of dozens of customers instead of one or two. Um, and you'll, you'll start go macro. And so that, that's something that, you know, I think you have it like, being in the Marines and having that kind of system, you you're used to following systems. And by the way, thank you, you know, so much for your service, but like, uh, but like, uh, you're used to following the systems and following like how, how to do things. And so I think if you create those systems for the people that you hire in year two, uh, right from the get go, that's, what's going to make you successful. Cause, cause honestly, I, I, I imagine you probably don't want to be the guy out there working for the next 10 years. Eventually no, I mean, uh, you, yeah. you want to run in the business. And that's, I guess, my focus right now, and that, that's something I, um, I'm concerned about right now. Like I said, you know, not knowing stuff and everything. It's just, um, and I, I, I totally agree with you on that stuff. It makes sense. Um, because I, I do. I want to, I want to create an image and a, um, I guess a, like you said, I want to stick with those or get those long clients because I want that reoccurring service. And from them, I can build off of that. Exactly. I love the idea of having, okay, I know I have, you know, going into next fall, I'm, I'm going to start sitting down and going, okay, for the start of 2018, I know I have, you know, 30 guaranteed lawns or reoccurring customers Mm -hmm. that I have these add on services. Okay. This is my projection. Now I can start forecasting for, you know, okay, now I can afford an employee because I'm going to have this much money coming in guaranteed. And then, and then kind of off of those lawn care clients, then I can kind of build off or build into the hardscapes, the, you know, the add on services where Mm -hmm. that money, hopefully, you know, that's almost like a, like a bonus. It's like, okay, this is awesome. Now I'm, I'm starting to take that money and reinvest it back into employees or equipment Mm -hmm. or marketing. And I know that, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, I have this much money coming in because this is a reoccurring customer. So right, totally. Yeah. And like, and and the thing too is that first year, and you're getting those recurring clients, you're gonna get a lot of the like we like in the course we have four positions that a, a business owner wants to be in. Number one is year one. That's when you're the laborer. You're doing all the work yourself. Year two is when you start hiring people. You're still kind of in the field, but you really want to focus on being an office manager. So you're doing like all the sales, you're doing, you know, emails, like all that stuff. Year three, you go to estimator. And so I'm just finishing up my, my third year in my new company. Um, and so like, 
my main role is estimating. I ha already hired an office manager. She takes care of you know all of the administrative aspect of things. Then year four, what I'm going to now is CEO, and so that's when you hire out the estimator role. And so um, the big thing is like you don't want to get romantic about the work you're doing. So a lot of times, what happens is in year one, people get really finicky about like how the lawn is done, and that's really good. Like you want high quality work great customer service you want customers to be thrilled with the work you do that's fine but the problem is people then fail to move on and they fail they get romantic about how the bit how the how the work is completed instead of how the business is run and so they'll they'll, they'll fail to make the step which is get a second truck get an employee and start scaling the business and that's when you'll see your growth like you won't see the growth in year one it's year two when you start hiring people that you'll start thinking oh I, I actually have something special here um, and I'd say like 80% of the people in an industry Eric don't make the step because it get or they make it and then they take it back because it starts to freak them out because oh now I'm getting complaints or now they, they start to feel like they don't have the control and so that's why it's so important to create the systems for those people that come on in year two. So right from the get-go, they know what is expected and you can replicate yourself in the field. But like, we've kind of been like 30, like kind of high level here, but like, let me dig deep with you before we finish up. But like, um, like on pricing, do you have pricing down or, or like, what are you trying to charge right now? Well, uh, actually that was, I, I have a set, and that was another thing I wanted to kind of talk about was like profit margins. Yeah. Um, like in your first, second, third year, like if, if those change, if um, you adjust those. Mm -hmm. And so right now, the way I'm going into this, um, I don't want to do a lawn for under $40. Um, mm -hmm. And that's like a, you know, quarter, quarter acre lawn. Like I don't want to go under 40 when I, um, you know, I had my, uh, my mother-in-law, she had like four or five different landscaping companies. She gave them a call and got bids from them. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's a nice thing to do, but, you know. <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, but, we, I did the same thing because like, sorry to digress, but like um, my brother and I, we started when we were like really young, like 10 years ago. And right. I, the first thing we did is my mom called like several of like the big landscaping companies because we had no idea what to charge, right? Yeah, exactly. A and so it was a good it was a good frame of reference though, right? Just kind of know where yeah. you're at in the market, and then you know what kind of yeah. where you're at. <laughs> yeah, and no, and all these companies were right around the same, so that made me feel really good knowing okay, this is kind of the the area where I can fluctuate in, and if you know, I know if I'm charging this much, and I go to a customer and say this is what the price is going to be. And they try to, you know, haggle me down or whatever. I'm going to, you know, that's one thing I got to, I want to do with my businesses. Look, it's, it's $40 minimum. You know, that's a firm, you know, I'm happy to, you know, add on other services or, you know, it's basically one of those things. I'm going to be providing the quality of work mm -hmm. that you'll appreciate, you know, my work and professionalism and it'll be worth the $40 versus going to the guy, you know, with, you know, just by himself, he's not licensed, no insurance, and he's doing it for thirty-five or thirty or whatever. And right, um, so that's kind of how I'm going into it. Is I want to set kind of a, pre uh, and and that's the, another thing is like my profit margin. I want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm doing this for the right reasons, which is mm -hmm. to become a successful business financially and right. without kind of sticking to a set um, desired profit margin. I feel that you could quickly 
start to, you know, give into people's demands. And before you know it, you're at the end of the year, you're like, I didn't make any money and I was working my tail off. And, um, you know, I just don't want to get into that. And a lot of the customers around here, I feel they have no problem. Um, they would rather spend the extra money on quality work and reliable work versus, you know, saving a few bucks and hiring somebody that's not very reliable or doesn't do um, very good work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like as far as profit margins, like I was just in a seminar a couple weeks ago with probably 50 or so landscape business owners. And so we asked how what Pridepool's profit margin were and excuse me. Um, and so less than 10% of the people in that room had profit margins over 20%. Um, you got to have over 20% in my opinion. Like, are these, are these guys like doing over a million a year? Um, no, no. So these ones ranged probably, I'd say the median, like the middle was probably like most of them were in the three to $500,000 range. Um, and like, this is the thing though. So like you talked about first, second, third year. So first year, like when you're making, like you're out there by yourself, you don't have any labor costs. Um, you don't have L and I, you don't have insurance for employees like your profit margin is going to be like 60 70 percent and that's why so many people will retreat back to being a solopreneur is because they're like it's so much more profitable in their mind Um, yeah they get compared to the overhead or something right and and yeah because the overhead is just going to go up right so then you know second year you're going to be like 30 40 percent that's the big reduction but that's also when you're going to see like five times growth um Third year, that's when you're you're gonna be like thirty percent, and that's when you that's when the systems are gonna start taking place. Like, do you have a pricing system, right? Um, and 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 so like when it comes to, you know, profit margin year three and beyond, you've got to be over twenty percent in my mind because you got to have money to grow. And so a lot of people say, well, I have you know twenty percent. And I have 10% margin, but they're looking at, okay, I made a million bucks last year and then I brought home a hundred thousand uh, dollar uh, paycheck and we had a 10%. But the, the reality of it is you need, you're not growing at all cause you're not investing back into the business. And right. so like we, we, we got, you got to have over 20% even as you grow and scale up if you want to continue to grow. Um, and, and this is the, the, the bottom line is, is like, it's good where you're, where you're at as far as, how you want to price and things like you want to be the premium service. You want to be the one that's going to charge a little bit more, but then people know that they're going to have premium, uh, you know, p- the, the best employees that are trained, have uniforms, the trucks are clean, the, the equipment's new, you know, they don't have people smoking and in shorts and tank tops right. in their backyard. Like, so you're, you're wanting to go after that type of client because they're the ones who you can have the higher profit margin, have more money to invest in the business and scale up. Um, that's not easy because it's not easy to find the good employees. It's not easy to create the systems to train them. It's not easy to, you know, continually be getting good equipment and making that right. But like I would focus any, I'd tell anyone in this industry to focus on becoming the premium brand, charging premium prices because those premium uh, customers stay with you longer too. The people that are price shopping, the people that are looking for the discount, the ones that are going to try to haggle you down, they're not going to be good customers. They're not going to stick with you for years. The one every like our our best paying clients, the ones that we probably overcharge a bit, are the ones that are most loyal to us because right. they they're the people who are willing to pay extra for the the high value that we, for the for the when they call the office, they're going to get a response. If they email us, they're going to get a response within an hour. If they want yep. some extra work done, like all like they know that our crew is communicating with our 
office staff via the CRM system and like all of that. And so they, 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 they put more value on that than a few extra dollars. And so like, as far as like, say a cleanup though, what would you charge? Like, how do you, if if you went to a cleanup right now for like a a spring cleanup, how are you going to look at that and kind of cost estimate? I do 50 bucks an hour and then any materials or anything that I buy or have to install on their place. I do a 30% markup on materials. So do you tell them that number or how do you come? No, I, I give them, I give them a straight, this is what it's going to cost to do the job. Okay. And I mean, I don't break anything down. I say, this is what it's going to cost. Okay. That's good. That's good. Like, so, cause like, um, most people in your shoes, they're trying to, they're thinking like 30, $35 an hour. And I'm always screaming at them saying you can raise your prices because if you're like $30 and under, once you hire someone, like this is the, this is the problem. People say, well, I can make $30 an hour pushing a lawnmower. Great. And they're so excited about that. But the problem is as soon as you hire someone, that money is wiped out. By the time you take a $15 an hour employee, pay them ta- pay their taxes, so that's $20 an hour, then $10 an hour is sucked up in gas, equipment, insurance, overhead. You're at yeah. zero at 30, yeah. right? So that's what, how you have to think about it. And that's why I tell everyone, if you're under 40, you've got to raise your prices. So if you're already at 50, that's really good. Um, like how we did it, like, and, and you'll see like people say, well, excuse me, your overhead grows as you grow your business. And that's true. But if you're creating systems and you're making a really great value for your customers, as you grow, you can increase your prices. So like our first year, um, when I was by myself, I was only charging 40 an hour. So kudos to you. But like, um, now we're up to 80 bucks an hour for our mowing crew. And then they'll make sometimes up to a hundred if they're doing landscaping. Um, obviously, you know, our overhead has grown. We have bigger trucks, we have bigger trailers, bigger equipment, like all that's involved. However, we, you're gonna, if you, if you create the brand correctly, as you get into those bigger services, as you get more people, you can increase your price. Right. And, and so, so if you're at 15 right now, that's great. And it, it, it's all about creating the systems like when, like easy, it's pretty easy when it comes to lawn mowing because like you'll go to a lawn, you're like, okay, I'm going to charge, let's say 60 bucks an hour just to make it simple. And this is going to take me 35 minutes to, to mow. You know, right away, that's $35 per cut. And let's say that's weekly. And if they go bi-weekly, it's 40. So that way you can kind of maintain your margin if they go bi-weekly. Um, and, and so, so you want to make sure you have a system in place though. So it's not like you just show up at the job and it's like, Oh, this is going to be 50 bucks. Like if you know that, okay, I'm charging this much per hour and then you'll get better at determining like how long a lawn takes to, to mow. And so you'll be able to literally walk on a job. Like I'm at that place now where like, okay, I can walk on a job and almost have it down to the minute what it would take for someone to mow the lawn by the time you, you do the edging, the blowing and all that. And so that's when you can get really detailed and like your profit margin will get really repeat, repeat, repetitive. Like, like this is the problem in our industry. Some people will make a whole bunch of money on one job and then they'll lose money on another job. Right. And then they'll do, they'll really do good, really good for one month and then they'll really bad the next month. And what'll happen is they'll hit a month where their cash flow dips. Like they got a piece of equipment and then they have a job they lose a bunch of money on. And that, that literally that will put them out of business. Right. And so yep. what you want to do is have, you know, know that every single job you're making a certain profit margin and you can depend on that and if you have recurring revenue coming in you can you can essentially forecast your entire year in advance and know where how much money you're getting when you're going to buy equipment when you're going to grow when you're going to get another employee when you're going to get another truck and that's so valuable 
if you can right. think long term like that. Right. Cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. We're running a little long on time. No, it's good because it's good because my uh, three o'clock. He was a, he was an hour, so don't worry. Oh, sweet. Uh, just like a couple questions that yeah are coming up in my mind. So, do you uh, do you pay yourself like a salary then, or how does that work with? How do you know how much to invest into the business, and how much do you know to? I guess I mean because ultimately, what I want is, you know, my wife. She doesn't want me. Like this fall, I was I was working from six thirty a.m. till you know, seven p.m. I was right. I'd get work doing that, and I'd go do side jobs all night. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and I I told her too. You know, these first few years, that's what it's going to kind of be. You know, I yeah. I want that too. I do. I you know, I embrace that challenge, and yeah. you know, I I if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. But I also want to have a balanced life, and mm-hmm. I want to be able to say, "Hey, babe, cheer." this is what I will bring home mm-hmm. or how do you, how's that work out? Like, this is what I'm going to make as far as this is what we have to spend on our personal lives. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm going to throw numbers at you. Like, obviously I'm just throwing numbers because from what, you know, I've done and what, um, has gone on the course as far as right. like averages. So I'll throw the numbers and then I'll give you the, the fine print. And so like the numbers that for me and what we, we really teach in the course is first year, I say it's going to be a wash. Um, you're probably going to end up, if you make 30 or 40, I think you're going to do 50. If you're going full-time right off the bat, like I think you'll do 50 to be honest, okay. Eric. Um, as real, far as, real, yep. Sorry to, no. real quick, you say like 50, like what balance is that between um, lawn care Mm-hmm. and landscaping eight you're gonna do about 75 percent uh mowing of that will be income from mowing or, or 60 70 percent will be mowing the rest is gonna be cleanups and maybe one or two like landscaping ish jobs like mulch things like that right, um okay. but most of that's gonna be your mowing because okay. most of the other hearts people just aren't gonna trust you you don't have enough you know before and after pictures you don't right. have the experience and that's fine that there's no, okay. there's nothing wrong with that so like that's year one um, I'd say, I say it's a wash, but if you do 50, I'd say you could, you could, let's say 25 of that is going to be gross profit margin. I would put that back in the business, whether that be paying down the truck or getting, you know, paying off the equipment that you can get financed for at 0%, like whatever it is. Um, and then year two, like I'd be shooting for 200, like we got to 200. Um, and that's when I went full time and got another employee, like got the second truck like that's a big risk so that was with you and another guy yep so that's when i had my first person was june of my second year um yeah. and so after that that's when you start to see the growth because now like he can work with one on one truck you can work on another truck and if you have the if you've created the pricing system correctly you should be making the same amount of money as you were like for yourself plus whatever he is getting minus obviously his overhead so that's a really lucrative part is the last part of the second year. The problem is you got to kind of do a capital investment beginning of the second year, right? With a new truck, new trailer, more like like a whole other setup essentially. Right. And so that's really like year number one, all the money you do make, like let's say you, you know, get out 20 grand, is really going to be spent going into the, this – Exactly in year two because you're gonna have to get another truck and stuff, right? And that's right. that's where your that's where your wife is gonna be questioning you a lot is year two going into the spring because you'll start to get a whole bunch of sales, but you won't have really cashed in on that year yet because it'll be like May June 
and you'll start to see like you're, you're really busy you get another guy you get another truck and trailer but like it doesn't seem like you're bringing anything home um but this is the deal so end of year two you start to actually see money coming in and that's that's really good and so like it's year number two end of year number two you can usually take like 800 to a thousand dollar in salary each week um that's doable and the thing is you're not going to have enough in the winter to sustain that usually um because you're still going to want to be growing for year number three and so year number three is where like people get their solid salaries if they want a solid salary so like most of the course members have a solid 52 week salary at a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars um per week um in that third year and so that is it's 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 the same thing though uh eric like if you want to grow your business super fast it's like how much do you want to put in and and so if but the thing is if if you got to get your wife on board and she needs a a kind of a deadline you can say hey like stick with me for 24 months stick with me for 36 months and by that time i'll have x amount per week in salary Right. And until that time, you just put everything back in, right? And yep. th- and so, like, right now, like, I'll be honest, like, for me, like, last year, I took a 2K per week salary. But this year, like, I could have taken it up to three or four. But I'm like, you know what? We're going to put every – like, I cut mine back to 1,000 because I know I need 300K at the end of this year to create a second shop. Like, we're going to buy land, like, the whole bit, right? And so, it's the same thing, but, like, I'm wanting to scale it up. But I don't have a wife and I don't have a family, like, that I have to provide for and so it, it that obviously it's it's all about that's way more important to provide for them and make sure they're you know feeling confident in you and everything like that and so but that's kind of like the numbers that i've seen and it, it's 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 really just a breakdown of how much like it, it comes down to one thing and it's sales like at the end of the day if you're willing to get uncomfortable with like whether it be doing anything to get new jobs you'll be you'll be amazed at how how fast you can grow your business like if you would have told me if you would have told me three years ago when i started my business like because i started way back when when i was a little kid but i scaled it up like i got serious three years ago if you would have told me that i was going to be doing you know 100k in sales this month you know three years ago like i would have said you're crazy but like and, and it wasn't anything magic that i did or anything it's nothing like that it's all just if you focus on the business aspect and not so much on the work aspect because if you focus okay. on the business aspect, you focus on the systems, you create the systems that make sure the work gets done, but focus on getting more business. Like if you made a hundred, like I, I, like I said before, if you make a hundred thousand this year, it's going to solve a lot of these other problems we're talking about, you know? And if you right. make, if you keep the business growing, it's going to solve the, like you're going to be able to hire better people because you'll have more money. And so like, if you're trying to get people at eight, $9 an hour, it's going to be hard to find some good people. But if you're able to have the sales coming in to where you raise your prices because it's just like the funnel of so many people. And so, you're, you know what? You start charging 50. We're going to charge 60 an hour. Um, and so now now that that kind of because you're so busy. And then when you do that, you're able to you have extra profit margin to give someone 15 bucks an hour, you know. And so like for us, we, we, we start everyone at 15 bucks an hour. They know they're going to get an, at least a $1 raise every year. Most of them get two or three. And so they know right from the get-go that they're, this is a company that's going to grow fast. They have room to grow in it. And they are used of seeing systems in place to where they know they're going to get somewhere. And so like if you can think long-term like that and be thinking like, okay, um, you know, this is where I want to be, whether it be $1,000 at the year end of year at start of year three like i'd shoot for that if i were you to be like realistic 
$1,000 salary per week starting year three. So that's like probably May 1st, 2020. So when you say per week, are you are you forecasting out 52 weeks or are you forecasting out just the no, I'm. That's forecasting out the whole fifty-two weeks. Because, like, honestly, you could probably take, like, you could take two thousand for forty weeks if you wanted. Right, like, right. But like, it, I'm just talking about like if you want like a solid, you know. What's amazing too, Eric, it it really helps when people take a salary out of their business in their mind because it it makes you step out of the idea that like the harder I work, the more I make. Cause not like that as you as you begin to grow the business, it's more about what systems have I created, who am I hiring, like is everyone on board, and it's less about like how many hours did I work today. Right. There's days I work twelve hours and I'm grinding and I'm doing like stuff in the business, and I'll make less than like days where I'm podcasting or at home doing stuff because the systems are in place, right? Right. And yep. so, it, like, it's hard for people to snap out of that, though, of like, oh, I got to work like 80 hours a week. And that's true at the first when you're out doing the work because the more you work, the more you'll make. But eventually, you've got to step out of that role and be like, okay, yep. I'm taking a salary. And so you, no matter what, you're making the same amount every, like, technically coming to your t- coming to your residence, um, right. that salary. And then everything, the, the, what will keep, will keep you driving is, ev- you know, that everything over that, you can put back into the business. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's where I want to get is, you know, that's, that's the ultimate reason for having a business is yep. eventually getting to the point where you can step away from the business mm-hmm. and it's still making you money. So like I could say, Hey, you know, to my wife, let's, let's take a week vacation, you know, yeah. at the end of October or whatever. And I know that I can step away and I have people that I can trust mm-hmm. to take care of and manage and, um, and I can come back a week later and step right in and nothing is skipped to be or nothing's, nothing's changed. And yeah. And that's why though, like year one is tough because you really can't do that until the winter because right. as soon as you stop working, the money starts coming, stops coming in. Right. And right. so that's when it's like, when you hit winter, it's nice to get away and everything. And then you'll come back and you'll have like two months where there's not a lot of money coming in and you get discouraged. Like I, I can tell, like it's going to happen. But like, if you, yep. as long as you keep thinking long term, and you know, spend every minute you can trying to get more sales during that time, you're, you're like, you'll see in year two the really the fruits of your labor. Like, what's nice, Eric, was right now you're calling me two months before you start mowing. Start mowing. Like, you have eight weeks, like seven, eight weeks here, right? Yep. So, if I were you, like, when we get off this call in the next few days, I'd get really focused on. Number one, the numbers that you want to hit for this year. What like you should be writing down. What do you want gross? What? How many? Like now, if you're gonna do gross, how many clients do you need every week to be mowing? Right. You know, then like break it down. Like, like I have on my wall exactly what we're gonna do. Like on our wall at the office, we 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 in a year to like we know in 2017 we want X amount of customers. Like everyone in the organization knows those goals. And so I, if I were you, I'd get off, do that. Then you got to figure out how you're going to do that. Like, okay, if you want 50 clients this year, where, t- where where's the first 10 coming from? Where's the next five? You know, what, and then what are the strategies to get there? And then, then you got to go do it. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times it's easy to strategize, make the goals. People stop there and they think it's going to come to them, like some law of attraction thing. Like you're going to have to go out and grind. But I think you got like seven, eight weeks. You, you really don't have a whole lot better stuff to do, you know? Right, exactly. Like, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I guess 
because I've been trying to, you know, I over the last over the last year I've been, you know, forecasting different years and what what I want as far as like my revenue mm-hmm. goals and everything. And I guess I I find it so hard, especially you know the first year, not even starting yet. It's just like where do you what, start? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I don't know. Am I gonna hit? You know, is it gonna be awesome? And I hit a hundred thousand dollars in sales, and you know, what if? what percentage of that is going to be profit Mm -hmm. or am I just going to be struggling and only hit 20,000, 30,000. Okay. So this, this is where, this is where I would put your goals then make it to where it feels just a little bit out of your reach. So if you think you can get 20,000 in your sleep, don't put it at 30. But if you think a hundred thousand is like way out of your ballpark, let's do 80, you know? Um, so like, I would tell you if if you were starting this kind of a more of a part time basis, I would say thirty, two hundred, five hundred. That's thirty the first year, two hundred the second year, five hundred the third year. But if you're going in this full time, I think you can easily do forty, forty to fifty that that first year. Sweet. And okay. Like especially that we're talking two months in advance. Like like I started that that first year when I made thirty, the, the month that I was supposed to be like I was mowing the week I bought my equipment. Um, so you got time. And so I really, really feel if you're a hundred percent in that you can get the 50, um, if if you really put in the work, but I'd say, Hey, 200, the second year, 500, the next year. And like right now you're saying, looking at 200, like there's no way, how can I double or quadruple going from 50 to 200? Like just wait until next spring when you have 40 clients that can, you can get referrals from. They have been sharing your name. People have been seeing your truck with your logo. Like, just wait. That, that's when you start getting people calling you, right? right. And it's so, like even the website, you got to make that just really just for when people hear about you, they can go online and just verify that you like exist and stuff. Right. But then in year two, you'll start getting some trickle of like people actually calling you from that because their friends will mention it. They'll go online, Google you, and find you. Right. Like now for us, we don't do a whole lot of print advertising and things like art. We're number one in Google. You know, we have YouTube videos. We do a lot of this like, you know, guerrilla marketing where we like do stuff like printing off things for property right. management companies and doing some free work for like like the city, like weird stuff like that. Like it's totally different now because now we have 300 people a day looking at our website. Whereas my first year, I was happy if I got like three or four. And right. so it's a lot of eyeballs and it just, that's just, it's all about scalability time. Like obviously there's an investment in your, your website and you're going to spend time on making that. And there's certain things to do to like get it better in Google. Cause like now for us, our, our website, we pay, I don't know, like maybe $30 to maintain it every month and we get right. huge amounts of traffic, right? That first yep. year we didn't really make a whole lot from the, the website, like a few contact forms, people get the email and phone number. So like that's valuable, but like, this like when you once you've committed to it for a few years, like you start getting people coming to you instead of you having to reach out. But it's that. Well, fr- go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's like you, like you mentioned, and that's kind of my, uh, you know, my mindset right now is I'm not doing these things expecting to get huge amounts of traffic. You know, with mm-hmm. the website, with you know, I got business cards coming. I got, you know, I'm gonna put decals on my truck, and yep. you know, I'm doing all this stuff with a long-term projection thinking, okay, you know, I understand that this may not be profitable right now, but I'm investing for the future. And I guess that's, and I know you've mentioned this throughout your podcast too, is when you have that mindset of, I'm not doing this for today, I'm doing it for two, three, five, ten 10 years down the road. 
because that way when that time comes where like you just mentioned you know in three years hopefully my website is drawing in Mm -hmm. most of my i won't have to go door to door or anything like my website which i know how to run and how to efficiently with you know google and seo and all that stuff which i really don't understand but Mm -hmm. i can get into that later but uh you know hopefully i have a basic understanding in place because i took the time early on to you know to do those steps and now i'm able to really reap the benefits of that down the road totally Um, you mentioned that in your other podcasts and that that's something i've really taken away is just always be thinking not about the here and now but about down the road yeah like over the course of the next seven or eight weeks like i'd really budget out your time on what you want to work on so like if it, you want maybe maybe three or four hours a week you got to work on the website, um, you know three or four hours you're gonna go door to door, three or four hours you're gonna go hand out business cards, three or four hours a week you're gonna go to businesses and hand out business cards, like you're gonna ask, call for referrals or ask friends, like so, whatever it is, and and I'd really budget that out because I think I think you'll look back in August September this year and based upon how hard you work the next six or seven weeks is what you'll, you know, if you're going to be hitting 40 and 50 or you're going to be at 20 and 30. Right. Okay. Um, well, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, just from my experience of, like, talking with people who are just about to start, like, I, I, I think you know with this already, but, like, a big thing is getting your wife on board. Yeah, and, and she, like, I'm, I'm really fortunate. And I, yeah. I, I guess that's, uh, like I mentioned, like, her having this job, and she understands that it is going to be a difficult, you know, it's not going to be the smoothest road. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. arguments, fights, financial issues. And I, I think she's on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just what, you know, it comes down to me maintaining that, that positive mindset that, you know, like you mentioned, you know, I probably will get discouraged. And I, I appreciate you telling me that because that, you know, when somebody says, look, it's going to suck at times, it's going to be like, what the hell am I doing? Like, yeah. is this the right move? Like, I appreciate hearing that because I know when that time comes, I'll be like, all right, you know, Mike mentioned this and he's yeah. been in business. He says, you know, put your head down, get through it. And, you know, yeah. there's light at the tunnel. And so, yeah, that's good to hear that, you know, I love when I hear other businesses and guys that have been successful in this say, yeah, it sucks at times in a struggle because that, that kind of makes it real and like, okay, they get it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's totally worth it. You know, like, like it, it is man. Like three years later, it just, it's, it's a dream. You know, like I, 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 I grind every day, but like I have to look back and think, you know, three years ago, like I wasn't like, I would not have had time to do the podcast, talk to people like you have a course, like all that if I wouldn't have, you know, made the company. And, and so like, it's totally worth it, man. The time you have, you'll be able to create. And, um, like the thing like I was saying about your wife, like if you can get her on board, like as far as even like your projections, what you want to be hitting. And if she can see some traction that first couple of years, like, Hey, he's hitting his goals in those first couple of years. And she can be confident in year three, you know, you're going to be bringing money home and things. Right. Um, like it's a huge, huge motivator for you too. And, uh, and if she can be, you know, the last thing you want is where um, that's dragging you down. You want it more like she's your, your cheerleader, kind of like, you right. know, like go go out there and kill it, Eric. And so, um, yeah, like I'd, I'd be really open with her, what your goals, projections are, and what you kind of expect to be bringing home at those times a year and all of that. 
and uh you know i i wish you all the best for sure sweet um one last quick question i got yeah. for you I oh yeah for sure no nope, you're I good i don't want to take up the time i feel bad taking this much time but um so commercial i um i right before i joined the marine corps i worked for a property management company okay um, uh commercial property management really big in lincoln um town next to omaha and um I feel like I have a really good because I I left I worked there for four years doing like their property maintenance and you know um, yeah I felt like I left with a really good you know friendship and connection with um, two of the managers and um, also here in Omaha my father-in-law is really really good friends with a huge property management um, he's the CEO of this huge pro- property management company and I guess my question is, my first year of business, do I need to be worrying about, or do I need to invest my time or money into commercial properties, or what's the best step, um, getting your foot in the door, and, because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to overwhelm myself, right. I guess, the first year, I don't want to get to the point where I overstep, and, you know, I agree to do a huge property, and I'm just like, I don't have the equipment, the time, mm-hmm. how do you know when to take that step? So I was going to say, like, the logical answer that I would usually say to people is no, until you said your your father-in-law is the CEO of a, of a management company. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He's a really good friend. Gotcha. Me. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, he's like, hey, man, you got to hand me yeah, some contracts. <laughs> okay, um... Uh, like, the, like, okay, so usually this is what I'd say. I would say don't focus on the first year i'd go residential i'd go recurring because those those commercial contracts number one they want wholesale pricing because their jobs are bigger uh you're going to be competing with the big guys you're going to be competing with the guys who have the big equipment can do it twice as fast as you um and a lot of times those commercial especially property management companies they're on a budget and they're not even make the decision it's some owner that's on the other side of the country uh, that just wants the numbers to be hit and things to be taken care of, and a large company will do that for them. Whereas with a, a with a residential client, you can provide value outside of the service, which is things like professionalism, you know, the way you look, and all that good stuff, uh, communication, and so that's easier sell uh, like premium service price. That's easier to do for residential your first year. Now that being said. There are commercial contracts out there where you could make money still. And so it's never a bad idea to go out and try to find some of these property management companies because a lot of these property management companies, they do have residential houses that they manage, like rent out and things, right? So that'll work. Cleanups is a big one you can get from them. Um, And what's really cool about property management companies is once you're in with them, they'll use you. And and what, what I mean by that is like, once they see good work and you, you know, they'll ask for estimates at first, like now with, we have several property management companies that they just tell us to go do the work and then charge us whatever. Like they're not going out and getting estimates for the work. They're not doing anything right. like that because they just, they've developed the relationship and that's right. really, really nice. So like, it's never a bad idea to start in year one. The thing is for people who don't know you, like if you don't have any leverage, which you do because you have some relationships, but like if you don't have any leverage and they go to your website and they don't see they see you haven't been in business or maybe it doesn't look as professional as your competitor or you know your insurance like you're going to need they're going to require bonding and insurance which you should get anyways but like 
they're going to require things like that. They're going to be looking at hard at like, okay, if this guy gets hit by a truck, who's going to be mowing the next week, you know? Um, right. And so with a bigger company, that, that worry is sort of ironed out. And so you just got to look for ways to sell to them um, on things other than that you're going to be mowing their lawn. And so if it's communication, if they're picky, if they – whatever it is. Um, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say not to try. I just wouldn't put most of your time in that bucket right now because okay. they're going to be looking for references. They're going to be looking like what other apartment complexes do you do? What other you know commercial properties do you do? And they're also going to be looking for things like irrigation and snow plowing and some of the services you might not offer first year. Right. And so it's not that those things are bad. It's just that you're going to need more capital for those. And so year one, I'd focus a lot on smaller properties. You know, your, your bread and butter is going to be those lawns that are 40 to 50 bucks um, that you're going to do every week. And if not, biweekly. And you're going, to get 20, you're going to get 20 to 35 cuts in a year. And you're going to make 15 to 2,000 off of a client. And they're going to, you know, have the mowing and then try to get upsell. Like if I were you, I'd, every single mowing, Every single mowing estimate I do, even if they don't ask for it, I'd be looking at their property and then give them an estimate for a one-time cleanup, like all their leaves. And then what I'd do is try to sell that to them in the winter. So like December, January, when it's not yep. snowing, but like you're not busy, you can go back and start pitching. Like even if you don't even give them the est- in the estimate, if you have 40 lawn clients that you get this year, I'd go back to every single one in December knock on the door, ask them how they're doing, say Merry Christmas, whatever, and then be like, hey, I'll, like you need your leaves cleaned up. You need your trees pruned. You know, your mulch might even need some you know, some more of that. Like, And just upsell. And if you have 40 people, 20 of them are going to take you up on that. Okay. And that that's how you'll fill up your winter. Right. Okay. So. Awesome. And real quick, do you, all, you do fertilizing with all yours too? Um, yeah, so we don't do – you mean just like fertilization for the lawn? Yeah. Yeah, so we do everything just really out of the bag from like the store. So we have like a treatment program, like different levels of – like right now we have treatment programs. So like people can do like a lime, a moss, a weed and feed, and an aeration, and that's like a four-step package, and then we have like an eight-step package. But like my first year, I just if – if, if I saw they had a problem like in their lawn – I'd say, hey, you should get a weed and feed or, you know, you're getting some moss. We should put some moss out. Um, And how I would recommend and how we do it in the course is like everything in your pricing should be standardized. So like based upon how we do it is based upon your mowing price, your fertilization and aeration and all the other stuff with their lawn is already pre-calculated. So what that means is like right now, our aeration, like core aeration price is three times the cost of a mowing, right? So I don't even need to go to their lawn for an estimate for aeration. If I know we're mowing their lawn for 40 bucks, I know it's going to cost 120 to aerate it. You know, and then our our fertilization prices are two times. So a weed and feed on a $40 um, mowing is going to be 80 bucks. Um, and if it's if they're 60 if they're an $80 lawn, it's going to be 120 uh, 160 bucks uh, for that fertilization. And so and that goes back to your point about you know you don't want to have to haggle and like take lower prices if you have standardized pricing for all of these things whether it be mowing whether it be landscaping like everything is standardized then you know like you can go in with confidence knowing what you're charging and people will pick up on it like that's why i don't recommend people when they do estimates to give them a price like right then and there like if you walk around someone's lawn and then they're like all right great 
you know, you, 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 they talk about what they want and you're like, okay, that's going to cost $40 per mo. Like in their mind, they're like, where did they get that from? And that, that's, yeah. that's when they think, okay, great. I can ask for 35 or, yeah. you know, and it's a logical step because, well, if you got 40 out of thin air, maybe I can get them down to 30. Right. But exactly. that's why I always recommend when you go back to your office and literally as soon as you can, you know, send them a proposal, send them an, a welcome email with the estimate, explain what's going to be, uh, uh, you know, the things they talked about. You put that in the estimate so they know you're paying attention. They, they can already see your level of communication. Um, and then it's in writing, it's official, and then you can follow up with them, continue. Like if you go to an estimate and you say $40 and they're like, no, or that's not going to work. Like, how do you follow up with that, right? Whereas right. if you email it to them and they don't say no, you have every right to, like, call them, go to their house, like, ask them, like, what's up? And and it's just way more professional because they, they won't haggle with you. Okay. Um. So some people would say that, you know, you're kind of, like, cowering or copping out by saying, oh, you don't want to say mention prices. That's true in one regard. I, I see some people, like, they just, you know, oh, I'll email you an estimate later. But on the other hand... Um, you're going to be able to track that estimate better because you'll have it in your CRM system. You're going to be able to follow up with them via email because you'll get their email address, which is important down the road. You'll have a mailing list that you can market services to. Um, and it's just way more professional. And uh, so I, that, I would recommend that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Okay. Well, um, yeah, Mike, I, you know, I got a million questions, but I, I don't want to take up your time and I, I've got a lot of information and, um, okay, well, shoot, shoot me one more. I got about 10 minutes, so shoot me one more. Okay, uh, well, I guess my, another question, um, so, is it, I mean, should I be thinking about employee the first year, or should I just go in with the mindset saying, this year, I'm solo, I'm gonna just focus on, you know, reaching my goals that I made, you know, in March or whatever, and that's what my focus is and not worry about an employee. I'd be thinking about I'd be thinking about and planning for an employee from day one as far as the way you set up your company. But realistically, as far as when you're going to hire someone, I'd be thinking year two. I would love if June 2017, I get a call from Eric and he's trying to hire someone because he's super busy. Um, okay. And obviously, you just need to make sure the numbers are working. Like if you're only making 5000 gross – in a month, it's not really logical to be hiring someone. Right. Even exactly. if you feel like you're working a lot, it's just not working. It's not going to work. And so, I don't think that'll happen where you're making five thousand. Like your prices are good enough. But like what I'm saying is, realistically, I'd be thinking year two. But right from the get go, you got to be asking yourself the question of like, how do I train someone? Like, how do I get them to do what I'm doing? And is what I'm doing repeatable? Is it scalable? Because if it's not, someone's going to join. They're going to leave. Like it's going to be pathetic and you've kind of seen that before okay okay um another question if you got a couple minutes yep, here yep, yep. on taxes mm -hmm. how like when you started out um is it just one of those things like I, I mean i got some of it figured out but you know it, you start digging into this stuff and it's it kind of seems mind-boggling and i you know like i got quickbooks or whatever and um i'd like to consider myself pretty good with my finances but at the mm -hmm. same time i don't want to find myself in a situation where at the end of the year i'm like wait i owe this much in taxes right. or you know i could have wrote that off or right how like what's the learning curve on that or how do you yeah yeah 
So so we use a program called Lawn Pro, um, and that's that's it comes with part of the course. I buy right. all the students a piece of that just because I think it's so important. Like QuickBooks is good. It does it does invoicing really good. It does expense tracking really good. But it doesn't integrate very well. Like I'm not dissing QuickBooks. Some of my other companies use it. But like um, for lawn care, it doesn't integrate with your CRM very well. Like with Lawn Pro, you have your customer profile that integrates with your schedule, which integrates with your expenses, which integrates like it's all connected. Invoices, estimates, all connected. Um, and then they have a function where every time in an invoice you've been collecting taxes, like it keeps track of that, so you kind of kind of know what your tax bill is going to be. Um, because your first year they won't require you to pay quarterly sales tax, but eventually once you hit like year two, they're going to ask they're going to ask for you to start paying quarterly. So you'll need to expect that. Then you have you know you just your regular personal income taxes, which you don't really have to worry about till end of year two when you've actually started making money. Um, but like I, like it's the same thing. Like really, it's the same thing. I would worry less about that and more about sales. Okay. And and like if you can like this is. Like people, I always tell people, focus ninety percent of your time on making money, and then the other ten percent on saving it, uh, budgeting it, figuring out how it's going to be spent. Like focus ninety percent of your energy and time on the top one inch of your income statement, which is pro like net like gross sales. Right. Obviously, you're going to want to make the systems to make sure that it doesn't all get siphoned out of your business by the time you get to the bottom of the income sheet, income profit, uh, income statement. But like, I'd just focus on that really as you grow. Um, it's gonna take care of a lot of the problems, or like like a lot of the obstacles that you want to you know achieve and things. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So. But like um yeah like we use Lawn Pro for that stuff. It it that's the stuff I always suggest people use until they hit about a million a year. So we just switched over to a, a much more expensive product. Um, but it's just because now if we're gonna go um, multi location and have lots and lots of crews, uh, we needed something a little more sophisticated. Um, but like, it, it's really nice Lawn Pro because like you can get, uh, all the routing, like automatically, like you put all your, your schedule in and then it automatically will choose the fastest route for you, which like once you start hiring people, especially that's one of like the biggest cost wasters is when they're driving around cause they're, you're making $0 and you're burning gas and you're having wear and tear. And so you got to have that efficient route and like. Everything when it comes to lawn care is built on one thing, and that is your efficiency is going to equal your profit margin. And so if you're not efficient and if you're not trying to figure out, like we ask our team every single month at one of our meetings, how do we save 10 minutes? And so we've you know inbred this culture of like where can we save time because they know that like the difference between making money and not making money in lawn care especially is literally like 10% of what, 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 what are you spending your time on? Are you having to stop at the gas station? Um, is our piece of equipment not done, like, like maintained correctly? All those little things. For instance, like we just changed our policy where now instead when the guys come back to the shop, instead of uh, leaving the trailers unhooked and then parking the trucks, now they empty their trucks out and everything, but then hook their truck trailer back on and then park it and get ready for the next day. The reason for that is, is because watch a guy unlo- un- um, unload it I mean uh, load up a trailer in the morning and it'll take him 15 minutes if he has yeah. to load that trailer up right before he leaves and he wants to get home he can do it in five exactly and so little things like that it's all about efficiency so for instance like what I was talking about with lawn pro it does the whole scheduling thing like figure out your fastest route um, and it it, 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 it 
it's essentially the best program I think for companies that are under a million dollars. And so um, that's why we use that one. But um, yep. QuickBooks does a lot of the same stuff, really. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely think I'm gonna give the the business course a shot. Um, no, 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 no. You can't just give it a shot. You gotta go all in if oh, you're gonna yeah. do it, man. <laughs> you're not gonna spend that much money and then just kind of try it out. <laughs> Well, no, I, I mean, I think it's really cool that you're doing this and um, helping, helping guys out. And um, when I, you know, I, before I, you know, back in Hawaii when I was researching everything, I was, you know, YouTubing and saw, you know, Keith and Stan and yeah. one of those guys. And I was like, oh, that's really cool that, you know, they, they take the time to, you know, help guys out. And, yeah. Because, um, you know, guys like me, we, I have so many questions and it's just, no, like, like the whole reason I made the course, Eric, was um, when I started three years ago, I still remember Googling landscape business course. That's why I named it that. I still yeah. remember looking for something that was step-by-step. Step. And because I, I saw all those same, like, Stan, B&B Lawn Care, um, what's his face? Um, Top-notch lawn care. Like, I know all yeah. these guys, right? And I saw, like, you kind of get tips from all over the place. Um, but I, want, I was looking for something that was, like, more, like, step by step and and the thing is when you do step by step and i tell people exactly what to buy what to spend how to do their marketing like that's what the course is but like i know that some things aren't going to be like the best but right. i'm looking for something that is going to get someone from point a to point b and right. so that's what i was looking for three years ago and that's why i made the course like hey this is where you start when you're fifteen thousand dollar budget starting out this is where you're going to end up in three years and i'm going to tell you exactly what to do right so yes. i know that sounds like a sales pitch but like I'm just saying, like, that's why I made the course, and... Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, when I found your podcast, because um, I was really surprised, I was like, wow, Landscape Business Course, that's, you know, <laughs> why is it, why wasn't this name used, uh, <laughs> you know, but that's what, when I started listening to you, that's what, one, you, you know, you seem to have a good uh, grasp on the, the administrative side of business, which I think is, you know, that's what will make you either successful or yep. ultimately fail, but also you were willing to give out, you know, real numbers and you, you know, that's, you go to these like lawn site and everything and, you know, you see guys post and everybody avoids, you know, talking numbers. And yeah. to me, it's like, well, you know, you can't really get anywhere without actually discussing actual numbers. And, right. um, you know, it, it helps when you actually get a, and you know, I, that's, I think too, like guys don't have to follow it step by step or, you know, I start, you start with 15,000, I may start with, you know, 20,000 or right. 10,000 or 5,000, yep. you know, but guys at least know, okay, they can scale according to, you know, what they have or what, you know, they want to do. And so that's, I really appreciate, um, you for that is you actually give out, you know, hard real life examples. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess that's what, um, I found appealing to yeah. you and so that's what yeah, it comes down to right like that's why the reason we're we're in business is for the money like people think that's a bad thing to say but like no, why yeah. else would you know we spend yeah, so much time and work and like yeah. like people work too hard in this industry to fail like there's a lot of like I meet a lot of land care like landscaping business owners like people work really hard they're good people um they're not like there's but we work too hard to not be making money 
And so it's it, uh, like, what's, yeah, like even with the guys on YouTube and stuff, like I know some of them from a number standpoint, they're not doing good. And what's keeping them afloat is their YouTube and like they making money on that, right? So that's where like, I started a YouTube channel and stuff, but I wanted like, I focus more on like these calls. I know it's not scalable. I know it's not like the most bang for my buck, but like, even if people don't buy the course, I just feel like they're going to get so much more value out of, you know, 20, 30 minutes where we can actually talk about what they're going through. And right. so, but yeah, if, if you need anything, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it, before you get the course, let me put in, I want to put in a, a discount for military. So, um, oh, you don't have to do that. No, 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 no. I'm going to. So give, give, give me like, and like, I'll do it later today. I'll all right, so I'll cut it off there, and I hope you guys got something out of that. If you are thinking about stopping your 9-to-5 or you know someone who wants to get out of their current job and start their own business in landscaping, just, you know, let them know about landscapebusinesscourse.com. And if they are wanting to start their business, I am offering 30-minute free calls for anyone that is interested in the course or in landscaping and needs a little help. So give that resource to them or if you want it yourself. So that's it for today. Like I said, next week I'm going to do something a little more nuts and bolts and how-tos on some marketing uh, tactics that I've been using. And so I hope you uh, join back next week. Thanks so much.